Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so, and we've been gone for a little while there. Took a little break. I guess one weekend we had to celebrate Mother's Day. Um, and now we're back, and wow, what a week it has been. We had a, another school shooting, and that seems to be the talk of the town. Everyone's talking about Texas and Santa Fe high school and I definitely our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected by that and and it didn't even take long you can't even get thoughts and prayers out of your mouth before you know people are speaking gun control and and I'm really it, it's it's really sad it you know because it's sad when someone loses their life it definitely is and we need to do something about it there's some things that we can do uh, we can address the issue of what drove this person to this because he actually, you know, he planted pipe bombs. He had a pressure cooker. So what are some of the things that we can do to prevent this from happening instead of just addressing the tool, which is guns? I, I like to, you know, definitely like to talk about that. Um, and then lo and behold, the Houston police chief comes out on our Stavadio and says he has hit rock bottom. He's hit rock bottom and he's demanding gun control in Texas and he's demanding it now. He says he's going to he's not going to take no for an answer. Uh, he's going to something. He's going to do something and it's going to be this legislative session. So what are you going to do? Because it's coming. Meetings have been planned before I even you know, when I heard that the chief was actually uh, actually made this statement about he's hit rock bottom. I then went to his page so I can read the whole thing myself. And I noticed that I had already been blocked from his page. So this is serious, folks. They're taking steps. They're removing people, deleting people, blocking people, and the meetings have been planned. It's happening right now, and it's going to happen in Texas. What are you going to do? People are sitting back thinking, oh, we're going to try to get constitutional carry passed in Texas in 2019. Get constitutional carry passed? You're going to fight for your life come this legislative session. And fighting for your your Second Amendment right. We need to do something about securing our schools. That needs to be addressed instead of focusing on the tool. We need to talk about how do we secure our churches? How do we secure our schools? Let's go back and take a look. Let's look at basketball games. 
you don't have a problem making sure that people can't get into a basketball game carrying a, a firearm or any other type of weapon, any tool to do something, or a bomb or a pressure cooker. We, do, we take steps to make sure that you can't get into the baseball game. We take steps to make sure that you cannot get into a courthouse. We can secure all these different places. Why are we not taking those steps to make sure that we do something about our schools? You look at, let's take a look at elementary schools and middle schools. Do you know that school resource officers are only stationed at high schools? Not at your middle, not at your elementary school. Why is that? We don't ask these questions. We're not demanding something be done. Instead, we wait until something happens and then you want to blame the tool. How does a kid build a bomb with a pressure cooker, pipe bomb, in their parents' home and the parents don't know? We need to start holding the parents accountable. Stop blaming the tool. There's no reason why I should suffer because of bad parenting. And so I, I understand what the chief is saying. Yeah, I too am hitting rock bottom. But instead of blaming the tool, we need to blame bad parenting. We need to blame the fact that we're not securing our schools and taking care of our kids. We don't have enough resources. We're not making sure that you're controlling access to the school. There are different tools that we can use. There's so much technology out there nowadays that we can use to make sure that you swipe a card to get into the building. If you want to do clear backpacks, do clear backpacks. There's so many different tools that we can use to make sure we do this. So let me ask you guys in here in the room, you know, what are your thoughts on the you know, shootings in general and what's going on? Go ahead. I think it's a mix of a lot of things. I, I certainly be believe we should look at the parents. Uh, I don't know how some of these parents aren't aware of what their children are doing. I know I only had one child and... Um, it's, they say it's easier to keep a, keep an eye on one, but I don't, I, I think that's kind of irrelevant, but you know, I created a fake my space so I could watch what she put on my space. And there were a couple times there was some questionable things and, and I brought it up to her. So I prevented her from, you know, going maybe to a party that she shouldn't be going to things like that. A lot of these parents, they have no idea what their children are doing. None, zero it's mind-boggling to me. I don't understand that. Um, and and I, I believe if a teacher has a license to carry already and they're completely comfortable, why don't we allow them to do so? That doesn't make any sense to me either. I'm not saying force teachers to do that, but if they already carry everywhere else and they can't carry at the school, it doesn't make sense to me. That, I mean, I don't know why we're not allowing the teachers that want to do so. to. to and there are plenty of teachers. You're right. There are plenty of <clears throat> teachers that would love to protect the little ones, to protect the babies. Yeah. You know, they just have that tool just in case something was to happen. This is not something you're talking about forcing on all teachers. No. Just uh -huh. the ones that, are, you know, that are already carrying already now. They have it. Exactly. They're going to be completely comfortable doing that. And, and, and. Thirdly, I would agree, like we need metal detectors or something. I mean, we use these things everywhere else um, where there's, you know, large amounts of people going airports. in Airports. You can't get anything through exactly. an airport checkpoint. It seems to be working there. And it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it works great. So why isn't it where children are? It doesn't make any sense. 
this whole idea of taking the gun away as if that's going up. Look at England. I'm, I, I keep reading how they have a huge knife problem. They took guns away. They just reverted to a different tool. <laughs> I don't know why they don't see that. <clears throat> yeah, now London is taking the knives away. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I read about that. Yeah, the mayor, Sadiq Khan, he tweeted out, uh, he said something like, no one has any reason to carry a knife in public. If you're caught, then you will be punished to the full yeah, extent of the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Until there, people no realize that tools are not the problem, people are not the problem, and you can't legislate crazy, as Michael always says, I mean, they're going to keep trying to infringe upon our rights. However, our rights are the only thing keeping us safe. We need to arm people who want to be armed and who are licensed to be armed, and we have to get rid of the gun-free zones because that just makes everyone sitting ducks. Yeah, yeah. that's where these crimes happen, are in gun-free zones. When was the last time we had a school shooting in an inner-city school? The ones that already have metal detectors because they know that <laughs> that area is at risk. I mean, I was looking at it, and it seems like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, everyone listening out there, but... The last few school shootings have been in predominantly Caucasian areas, mm. um, typically higher socioeconomic stati uh, status, and this is where it's happening. It's where these overprivileged, under-supervised children are going out, they're being a-holes to these other kids, and they're affecting their psyche, the parents aren't paying attention, and there's nothing out there protecting them. They're the ones who still have open campus, and they can leave for lunch all the time. They have so much flexibility because they're affluent. Yeah. You don't have that in inner-city schools. They already have metal detectors. When I was in high school, I graduated in 2009, there were certain schools in Houston where we couldn't wear letterman jackets. We couldn't take our computers. And we couldn't have anything, let alone a pocket knife on us, because they had metal detectors and we would not be allowed to go into the school. Stop thinking that you are above the bad, quote unquote, in the world and protect your freaking children. Mm. That's what we need to be doing. And, and also, I think society has really gone overboard with lack of accountability. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to blame something or someone else rather than the obvious. Yeah, personal responsibility has become a thing of the past. Yeah, it has. And let me bring into the conversation Howard Ray. Howard Ray is a Fort Hood survivor. Uh, when we had that shooting at Fort Hood, the first shooting, that is. And he was there on the uh, Fort Hood that day. And so let me bring him into the conversation. You know, Howard, we're talking about uh, the Texas school shooting we just had this week. And police chief of Houston, Chief Arasavedo, says he's hit rock bottom. And he wants gun control and he wants gun control now. Howard, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hi, thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I heard you mention you've hit rock bottom, too. I, I think one of the biggest things that uh, I think we all recognize, Michael, is that there's, there, there's nobody happy with what's going on. There's no one satisfied with what's going on, despite what some media uh, outlets are trying to uh, push, uh, or, or at least uh, to a degree push, that somehow uh, the right or the NRA somehow is is happy with these uh, things going on, and, and they'll do whatever it takes to make it keep happening. Uh, certainly, that's not the, not the case. You know, as a survivor of the Fort Hood shooting, I, I can tell you, of course, these things are are near and dear to my heart, and uh, you know, I want to protect those uh, around me. You know, and I want to I want to make sure that uh, people aren't hurt. And I'm sure that's you know 99% of uh, 
you know, society. Now, the problem with Chief Acevedo coming out uh, and proclaiming his uh, gunly wisdom, if you will, uh, for us all, is is that I'm sorry. I just feel it, it's uh, he's, he hasn't changed his position uh, since he really got in, in the public limelight. And he's always been anti-gun, okay? And so I just feel personally, I feel it's another Democrat using a platform uh, of uh, dead children to say, hey, look, this is what we need to do. No, Michael, I feel that um, what needs to happen is, you know, we do need a real solution to this. And I want to tell you that the heart of all things, what it is, is, uh, you know, it is ending gun-free zones. But more, but more importantly to, to that is these people with uh, handguns, I don't care if you're, you're licensed or not, to be honest with you. I mean, I, so I live here in, in New Hampshire, and New Hampshire is uh, a constitutional carry state along with Vermont and Maine. Um, and, you know, so you, you can travel and do, do as you need. Uh, with your weapon, but the bottom line is, um, I, I have uh, I started a, an organization a long time ago, uh, back in 2012, Survivors of Gun Violence Against Gun Control, and what we wanted to do is uh, get people uh, aware of Second Amendment issues, help the victims uh, work through these these tough times, and um, you know the idea is to be fully trained. At what you do. So you put on a gun, guess what? You need to be trained. I'll right? tell you what, and Howard, um, hold, hold that thought yes, right sir. there. Uh, we got Maj Ture, uh, Black Guns Matter, on the line, and we're going to go to a commercial break. Before we go, I want Maj to say hi real quick. Say hi to everyone, Maj. What's up, y'all? All right, so we're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, I want to bring Maj into the conversation, Black Guns Matter, and get his thoughts on, you know, school shootings and mass shootings and, and this talk of hitting rock bottom and, and calling for gun control. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. On air, online, and on your smart device. Talk 1370 is the right choice. Amen. 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 Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking about <laughs> school shootings. We're talking about mass shootings. We're talking about the Austin police chief once again is saying we need some type of gun control and he's not going to accept defeat. He's going to come back in 2019. Meetings are being planned right now across the state of Texas. They're saying something's going to be done this legislative session in Texas to come after your gun rights. And so I want to know what are we going to do about it? Okay, so we left off. We're talking with Howard, but let me bring into the conversation. Maj Ture, Maj, Black Guns Matter. Welcome to come and talk it, sir. Hey, what's up, Michael? How you feeling? All right. So, what part of country are you in right now? Um, in Philadelphia. Okay, you're in Philly. All right. I wasn't. I was. I was just in Chicago for the um for our event yesterday, but um I had to come make some runs over in Philadelphia. 
Nice. Okay. So, you know, we had the school shooting this week, Santa Fe High School. A uh, young man uh, decided he was going to take his, I guess, his parents' firearms, a shotgun and also a pistol revolver, and go to the school also with a pressure cooker and some pipe bombs that he had made and set off. He planted some bombs and pressure cookers around the school and around some other areas there and yeah. decided he was going to try to blow up the school and also shoot at the school. And so now people are calling for gun control. They're only focusing on the gun. They don't care about. I guess they don't care about the pipe bomb and the pressure cooker. I guess those are okay. Right. Those. There's, there's no. There's no. Absolutely no ban needed for those things. See, we're talking about contradictions. One of the things that we do at Black Guns Matter is respectfully expose contradictions to the maximum degree. And there's our top tier Hall of Fame clear cut contradictions. You know, you're in scenarios. I heard you guys earlier talking about. You know, the, the, the logical thing. I'm from North Philly. We grew up, you know, some of the guys, lawful or unlawful, had firearms, just regular students because we live in a tough neighborhood. We also had metal detectors. So a lot of guys would stash their guns and then go to school and whatever. There's not very many mass shootings in urban schools, not only because of the fact that there's metal detectors, which are a deterrent. A lot of times there was, you know, security, not, you know, school resource offices and things like that, as well as those. We were the soft targets, period, whether that was lawful because it was not at the time. You know, but those types of things didn't happen there. So that's one contradiction. You know, there's, there's, there's a scenario where people want to feel like or appear looking like they're safe and they're not, you know, and that's, that's kind of like what's happening here. Um, I think it's just blatant contradiction on top of blatant contradiction. And the biggest contradiction being, yet again, gun-free zone. Since, since, the, since the Clinton crime bills, all of these mass shootings, all of them seem to be happening to take place at gun-free zones where everybody's a soft target, everybody, oh, there's the sheep here, and there's no one here to protect them. That's where I'll go as the jerk. But people don't want to deal with that reality, and that's the problem. I, if we have answers, I am not going to compromise my liberty and my human right to self-defense because people want to feel comfortable as opposed to being safe. So that's going to be the, 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 you know, the, the, the rubber meeting the road. At a certain point, we have the stats, we have the data. The reality is, we're not applying the facts of the matter. The facts of the matter are gun-free school zones were a crazy experiment, and they have failed miserably. And it's time to change it. It's time to get rid of them, period. And let me bring Howard Ray up, the uh, Fort Hood shooting uh, survivor. Howard, you know, what are your thoughts about that? <clears throat> well, you know, um, he's spot on. But, you know, kind of the other thing, well, one of the questions that, that is ne never answered is – whether or not, you know, ask the question, see what the left does, especially with it, with this issue is uh, they absolutely ignore the facts. But when you ask them a point, uh, a pointed question, like who was better off unarmed in situation A, B, or C, they never can answer that because they don't want to answer it with honesty. Um, and, and so we have to bring honesty to the table. The other thing that we have to do is we have to quit doing what is insane. And that's, there's two things, and that is relying on our legislature to fix the problem. If you can please point me in a direction where our legislature's uh, branches of government, state, city, local, whatever, has really done a lot of good for us, please, I, I, I would like to know, especially when it comes to our liberties. Um, because I, I don't, there's not many places that you can point to except for a, a further intrusion uh, into our, our daily lives. Uh, and our freedoms, and it's not it's not right, and we shouldn't tolerate it. The other thing is, real quick, uh, if I may, the other thing that we have to do is 
we have to realize these situations for what, what they are. We need to take care of those. Um, you know, obviously we need to be an armed public. We need to, we need to know our first aid. We need to uh, get the training uh, that's appropriate so we can administer aid. Um, we take care of our victims when there are victims. Uh, and, and the other thing is uh, th- that we have to move. Uh, we have to move in, a, in, in the direction of uh, personal responsibility, and that's especially in the in the parenting realm. Uh, I guarantee you, if this if this child, this individual, he's 17, so I'll call him a child. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this uh, young man, if you will, uh, went in here and uh, destroyed the lives of so many people. Uh, if his parents would have taught him, you know, how to love and serve his neighbor. I can almost guarantee you uh, that uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation today about this particular case. In fact, in probably any of the cases uh, where someone puts, in my case, Fort Hood, puts religion over people's lives uh, in, in terms of, you know, well, I don't like you, so, you know, I'm going to either blow you up or shoot you. Or uh, uh, some reports have said that maybe he had, uh, this kid had a, uh, uh, some kind of relationship problem, whatever this relationship, doesn't matter what it is. But the right. bottom line is, if, if we really do care about our neighbors, if we do really, really do. Um, and I, w- you uh, know what, Howard, I wish also there was a way somehow that we all could like remove race from from the issue, and we could use absolutely. use law enforcement. I wish that we can use the teachers and use the parents and put something together where we can actually help the youth. And I think that the Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center actually has a program that does that because in Florida, they were doing it wrong. In Broward County, the Broward County School District, where we had the previous school shooting, had a program called the Promise Program, which is preventing recidivism through opportunities, mentoring, interventions, supports, and education. That's a lot going on there. It's called the Promise Program. And what they were doing was Uh, The idea was that that minor misbehaviors by students should not result in an arrest if a student can be dealt with in in other ways. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they got out of hand with that because when you have a police department that visits a home 30-something times, you have a kid that's been expelled from school several times, something is going on because then this kid now, he has become the school shooter. And nothing's been done. Uh, so let me bring into the conversation Chaz uh, Moore, who's the uh, executive director. Uh, hey, Chaz, I got you. I want to make sure I got you on. Can you hear me, Chaz? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. There yeah. we go. Hey, Chaz, tell us uh, the name of your organization. The Austin Justice Coalition. All right. So Chaz is the executive director for Austin Justice Coalition. And Chaz, we're talking about school shootings. We're talking about Santa Fe. And this is the talk of town now. What can be done in Texas when it comes to shootings? Uh, Man, you know, I I don't want people to think I have the answer. But, you know, I think um, I I think I've been thinking a lot about um, this this past year's um, Webby Awards. It's like a award ceremony for people that have platforms on the internet and social media. And they, this year they did um, five word acceptance speeches or it had to be five words, like no more than five words. And um, somebody took the liberty to say, you know, less red, less blue, purple. Um, and I, I, I really think at some point we have to take the politics out of it. Um, you know, this can't just be like a democratic issue. This can't be like a Republican issue. Um, it can't be like a far left issue, can't be a far right. Um, and, you know, I, I really think we as a country, we as a state in particular, um, I, I think we need to come to the middle ground 
to not only protect, you know, the Second Amendment and and protect the rights of, you know, like the the, the vast majority of people that that do own guns and, and use them properly, but I also think like we have to put in context that something within the system, our systems, is allowing, um, you know, people and and now more so, um, or what it seems to be more so, our kids to get their hands on guns and. Um, you know, I, I'm not, a, I'm not about, you know, uh, getting rid of guns, right? Because it, like, you know, I, I don't think we're talking enough about the stories where, um, mass shootings have been prevented because an officer on campus are, um, you know, somebody else, w- w- um, with a gun probably use that gun to. Let me ask to- you this, Chaz. Okay. What, why don't we treat our schools like we treat the Texas state Capitol? You know, we, I think we need to treat our schools the way we treat, a, a pro football game or a basketball oh, game to make sure that you absolutely. can't get any weapons in there at all. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think that may be because, you know, we, we have alcohol at our state capital in, in some offices, um, but, in, you know, also in, in football stadiums. So um, I, I don't know, but I think, um, you know, I, I, I think of some of the remarks that I think Lieutenant Governor said, you know, um, the, the fact that mass school shootings are happening is because we have too many interests. It's, well, it's, it's, you know, like it's, it's that kind of mentality that we have from our like legislators and elected officials that, you know, you know, we're not, you know, actively talking about the problem. And we're not talking about solutions to fix these problems or mitigate these problems. Like, right. And I think he I think he was talking about like controlling access. So that way, you know, just like you control access to the Capitol, you control access at different other facilities at uh, the courthouse. He's saying that you there's a way that we can control access and make sure that everyone comes through is checked and everything's okay. They're not bringing anything illegal in and 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 make sure you know they're not going to be that shooter and just control that and not be complacent with it. Because I visit some schools here in Austin where they're a little complacent. Uh, I've gone to a, I went to a middle school just last week and I walked up. I ring the bell. They automatically just buzzed me right in. I could have walked in and went right by the window, but I stopped, checked in, and you know, and let them know I was there and all that good kind of stuff. But this person was very complacent. Just buzzed me in. Didn't pay attention to the fact that I, you know, I was there. Walked in. Wasn't you know? Didn't question me or anything. Didn't ask for any ID or anything whatsoever. Didn't ask me why I was there. And so I like to be questioned. I like to be challenged. So let me go to Maj Teray. Um, Maj, let me bring you back into this conversation. You know, what are your thoughts on, on what Chaz is saying? Maj, can you hear us? All right, we'll come back to him. Let me go to Howard Ray. Howard, you know, so Howard Ray, what are some of your thoughts? Hey, Howard, you there? Yes, I'm yeah. here. I can barely hear what was being said. Okay, so uh, what... What Chaz was saying, uh, we're talking about, you know, we're commenting off of what the lieutenant governor said. The lieutenant governor said we need to control access. You know, so what are your thoughts of controlling access to different places? Oh, well, yeah, sure. That that absolutely absolutely is one of the things that uh, that is common sense. OK, uh, if we if we re- reduce the amount of I mean, I was in the army for 13 years as a combat soldier. That's that's one of the premier things that you have to do. You have to limit access. Uh, and particularly talk about uh, a base, but a school is no different, okay? Uh, it's not okay. You know, we, we have to transition. I was talking about this transition that we as a society have to make. Um, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but, yeah, you've got to close. You can't have all these doors open. You, you need to uh, set up these, uh, these barriers, whether it's uh, people or equipment, 
or saying, I'm sorry, these, these doors, you can't go out, in or out. And these are for emergency use only. That's the only way you can actually track down uh, these people. That one of the things that I, I have never seen, you know, fully covered uh, on these stories is how these people get in and how are they how they go unnoticed. And, and another thing is how Ray is. Why did he do it? That's what I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing this from anyone. I'm hearing we need to we need to do something about guns. No one's asking how in the world this guy. How did this kid? build a pressure or make pressure cookers how did he build bombs in his garage or at home or wherever he built these bombs and planted them around the school and around the city no one you know why did he do this no one's asking that question except we're just focusing on the gun so let me go back to mods today uh we're talking about access and we're talking about uh controlling access to different places like we control access to our capital we control access to uh football games basketball games the courthouse why can't we control access to our schools they, they can be controlled access just like they used to be you know firearm safety was taught in schools our organization last summer last year taught in the philadelphia public high school basic firearm safety we had marines come out we had owners of gun ranges come out. We had lawyers come out. We had motivational speakers come out every day of the week during the week that we were there. When these things were happening in schools, we had controlled access. There's a story of, you know, somebody uh, years ago called in a threat to a school and two of the students and, uh, you know, two of the students jumped out, got their rifles or their shotguns in front of the school and sat on two of the different entrances. That is controlled access. Point being there is, if you do those things properly in a space where it's responsible um, and, you know, you, you got a ton of guys, you know, that, that, that need work, that are retired, you know, vets and things of that nature that are mentally and physically capable of handling this situation. So that's, a, that's an easy fix. The quick question becomes back to the original thing. And I, I got I to gotta make this point because I got to get out of here. So the reality is this. The question becomes, do you want to actually have our children safe mm. or do you want to feel like they're safe because right now the measures that we have in place are not making our children safe the numbers are the numbers men lie women lie numbers don't the reality is that there's an overwhelming percentage of mass shootings in gun-free zones a lot of them being our schools where our precious children are what we're doing is not working okay with that being the case we got to stop, you know, pretending like we, we're presenting something that's actually working. It's not. And if you're one of those people that are staunch advocates in opposition to removing gun-free zones, especially in our schools, I would ask you this question. Is it about being what's right for the situation or about you being right? Because presently, all of the data for your argument is showing that you are wrong. The unfortunate part is the data is dead people. Simple and plain. So, you know, those are, those are my presentations on it. Um, I got to get ready to get out of here, y'all. I apologize. I'm about to hop on the plane again. And um, everybody, please take a moment. Check the website, officialblackgunsmatter.com. Outside of that for a second, I, I'm, yes, I'm going to plug out GoFundMe, GoFundMe.com backslash blackgunsmatter. If you want it, you know, if you don't know what we do, we have firearm safety, conflict resolution, de-escalation, and things like that across the country. We're on a 50-state tour. We are fully funded by you listening, you guys and women. So that's out of the way. I also want to say this. For a second, I want to respect the families and friends of those, you know, men and women that were murdered down there. Nobody on either side is okay with this type of tragedy or malice. Nobody. Nobody. So I want to make sure that we, you know, as opposed to highlighting the scumbag that did this, 
I think it's much more important that we send positive energy, support, resources, maybe a GoFundMe page. I know J.J. Watt was supposed to maybe, uh, there's rumors that he may be paying for their, you know, funeral services. But these are the things that whichever side of the argument that you're on, you kind of got to get behind that as well because they need us right now more so than anybody. Man, I tell you what. Thank you, Maj. Really appreciate it. Uh, that's Maj Ture with Black Guns Matter. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. This is Chloe on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about the school shooting. We're talking about mass shootings. We're talking about the remarks from the Houston police chief, Chief Arasavedo. Uh, he's saying he's calling for gun control. There are meetings that are being planned around the country right now. People are getting ready for the 2019 Texas legislative session. They're saying they're going to bring some type of gun control to the Lone Star State. What are you going to do about it? Right. So we need to do something about protecting the babies. Absolutely. But gun control is not going to be the answer uh, because you can eliminate if you want to eliminate guns, you're still going to have a problem. You're still going to you cannot legislate crazy. You still haven't dealt with the problem that some parents are not raising their kids. They're not paying attention to their kids. They're not notice noticing that their child is actually having a problem and that they want to kill people, whether it's by using a bomb or a pressure cooker. If you don't notice that your child is in the garage building a bomb, eliminating guns is not going to solve the problem. So let me bring back into the conversation Chaz Moore, uh, the executive director for Austin Justice Coalition. Chaz. Well, well, you know, Mike, and, and you know, I might get crucified for saying this on your show in particular, but I, I, I agree with you. Uh, well, I, I don't agree with you. I think it's a little oh, bit. Oh, you agree um, with me. You, you know him, right? No, no, no. I, I agree, but I, I think it's a mix of, of of gun control, and I also think it's a mix of, um, um, as you said, like you know, I think we as a society we need to. You, you, I, I think as people in general, we've gotten so detached from one another, whether it be you know all the take, things. Chaz, that, take a look at both of these these previous shootings. All right, the one in Florida, the one in uh, in Texas. Do you know mm-hmm. that both of them? The alarm was pulled whether it's by a student that panicked or whatever and pulled the fire alarm in the hallway in Texas or in Florida, whether the shooter actually pulled the alarm to get more people in the hallway, and they both set up bombs around the school. You, it takes a lot of anger, a lot of anger to oh, want no, agree, to, to want to blow and innocent people up. Agree, and, and that's what I'm saying. I think, but, but you know, it's not like, you know, I, well, nine times out of ten, it's not like somebody just wakes up like one day with the intent to like hurt and kill people like that kind of stuff. Nine times out of 10, it happens over time. It happens because of neglect. It happens because of mistreatment from people around you, your peers. 
So it's all. So why are we not addressing those issues, Chaz? Those issues we need to address. Peers, uh, because all the peers, the one in Florida, they said, yeah, if if anyone was more likely to blow up the school or or do a school shooting, it was this guy right here. They all knew he was the guy that was going to do it. Oh, he was the guy, you know, that the police were looking for initially before they released his name. So we knew who the problem child was because of whatever issues that are there that no one ever addressed. Well, again, you know, see, like now we're all in agreement, right? Like I'm a, I, I, like, I think the problem is this. I think we live in a society of like, you know, it, it's, it's human nature. It's, it's very human to like mock what you see. So, and unfortunately, a lot of what we see comes to social media and like TV. Unfortunately, that means like a lot of like our celebrities and really elected officials, um, w- w- whatever side of the aisle you fall on, um, the, 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 the moral and, and ethical standard in this country has almost deviated to all time low, in my personal opinion, okay. to where like we're not caring about one another. We're not really caring about the, the safety. And when I say safety, I'm talking about mental, emotional physical safety of one another like everybody's like on their own path right so what happens there's a, a disconnect like- yes and this is it's millennials and, and this is what janai just said you know there's a disconnect with millennials they definitely have a problem you realize that the school shooter yesterday was triggered. not a millennial. Hashtag triggered. You realize yeah, that the on, children in on, high school right now are not millennials. So You're talking about away. the wrong so generation. What are they? What are they? He's what are one they? year away from what being the generation Z. Okay, generation Z. Most of your Z millennials too. are already graduated out of college or halfway through it, and they're already in the workforce. So he's you one need year to get away. Off it. And stop you Okay, you're making it sound like statistics don't matter. Statistics do matter. They formulate a good uh, amount of sound information. So when you're doing statistics, you need a certain number of people or things in the statistics to make it uh, valid, significant. significant okay? Raise your kids. So Beat if you have you, you you have a generation, that doesn't mean. Every single solitary person in that generation is bad or X or Y or Z or whatever. But there are certain things that you can determine from that sampling. And we are saying that, or I should say, as I said earlier, what I think, each generation has their own set of issues. I'm not saying millennials are worse than any other generation. The baby boomers are nicknamed the selfish generation. My generation, Generation X, we produced latchkey kids. Your generation, or the millennials, I'm not sure what generation you are, but I'm going to assume you're a millennial, is detached. And it's because you have nothing but social media. You have many forms of... I can go to, I can watch people at a dinner table, have people come in my store. Every form I see, you're engulfed in your cell phone. Very detached generation. Point of information. Are we right now speaking about the school shooter from this week as a millennial? Is is that okay? Is, that's what I will I'm correcting. clarify. Millenn- that's what I'm okay, correcting. Okay. No, Second don't correct all, it. Here, let me you correct can- you. Let me just say this. Millennials and the subsequent generations. Okay. But then you're looping us together and we're completely different. So completely different. I'm you're, talking all about, you're all crazy. You have a I'm problem. talking about technology has done some great things, but one of the things that is done on that is not so positive, it it has created a lot of ways for people to not be engaged. That is my point. So a millennial is eighteen and this kid was seventeen. Is that right? 
Yes. And he is just Seven. a completely different Zach, group. Zach, at your age, you qualify as a millennial. You're going to say that that one or two years prevents you from being a millennial. I am much be a closer. X? I am much closer. Oh, he's to crazy. The previous generation. I'm crazy too. He's crazy too. But I am much closer to the previous generation. This is not something that you can say. Every kid, 18 to 34, is a millennial, and they have such and such characteristic. This is something that happens over time. Where I'm just saying, and the point of the conversation where it was brought up, the individual in question was not classified as a millennial. You need to be talking about the generation Y, and that's the generation who's eating the Tide Pods. That's the one. I do want to say though, the the act of the left is to divide us with identity politics, and right now I want to I want to make sure we step aside from claiming, oh, this person was this, this person was that, and trying to get the claiming of what their identity was. The fact is that there was an evil act committed by an individual. It doesn't matter who they are, what they are. Very true. Like, there was an evil act committed. We have to figure out what led to that. Why was this person validated? Why do they think it was validated to go bring bombs and a gun to a school and shoot kids? How How did he get to a situation where he thought, you know what? This is okay for me to do that. And that's, you know, that's a big problem today in the culture is that we have a philosophic problem. Disconnect is the big, a big, that, the that's problem. definitely one aspect of it, but it's not everything, but I would say that that is one of the aspects disconnect, a huge amount of disconnect. Right. And I, we need to address that the fact that people are able to validate evil actions and we need to s- explain that this is an evil action because of this. We have to have those kind of conversations. We can't just. Right now, a lot of people are talking about treatments to this poison, and the poison is is the evil in the world. And I'm talking about we need to, to find a cure. Yeah, there's there's some good treatments, there's some wrong treatments. I think gun control is definitely the wrong treatment that's trying to put a bottle of salt in the wound, you know. And then some of you guys are asking, you know, putting some band aids on the wounds, you know, trying to advocate for the metal detectors that's going to help. But the real problem is this cultural problem that we see around the world today, where people are just they are disconnected. They don't feel like other people matter. And we need to get a sense of individualism back where, you know, the F word in America actually is important. And that's freedom. <laughs> All right. See, freedom. That's a good way. That's a good way to end that. So let me go back to Howard Ray. Howard. Come on, Howard Ray. <laughs> Come on, Howard. Hit the right button. All right. Let me go back to Chaz Moore. Chaz. Um, I, I think it was a lot to unpack in that conversation <laughs> and it kind of, it kind of, it kind of proved my point that, and you know, I, I have nothing but respect for everybody on the phone and I'm all for discourse because I think that's how we become better as people. But I think we, as, I think as a society, we have to learn how to like have discourse and like not automatically like, you know, start finger pointing at somebody just because we don't agree with something, right? Like, like this state your claim, state your argument. And, and use facts, use the numbers. And also, you know, I think facts and, and data is, is very important. But I think, I think sometimes, too, like we get so caught up in that that we lose, like, from people's personal experiences and personal stories, which I think is also important. You know, like, I think data is something that people in academia just really, really love to use because people in academia, for the most part, in my experience, have a hard time really dealing with people in the real world. Like, like you know, especially here in Austin, like, right, people love to go do studies about gentrification, but then they go back to like Hyde Park and Mueller and, and, and the West side. And it's just like, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, like kind of fetish with like the personal stories, just the number crunches. So, um, and, and again, like in, in the conversation and I'm wrapping up, Mike, um, I think in the conversation y'all just had, you know, it, it was kind of like, 
well, it's 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 a millennials problem. This is the millennials thing. This is the baby boomers thing. And like, I don't know who said it, but like, the problem is, um, like, so somebody said we all have our issues. And I, I think until we get to a point in society where we realize, hey, you know, th- there's no such thing as a black issue or or Latino issue or a woman issue. They need to be all our issues. Like, and we all have our issues, and we have to learn how to push through and deal with those issues together, right? Like, we sit here and we everybody act like they're perfect. And everybody think that their their issue is less than or more than the other person. And, you know, it's it, it, it like people. I think I th- honestly, I think what the problem is, is that we want someone else to fix the problem, whether we, instead of us fixing it ourselves, instead of Absolutely. acknowledging the I, fact that you're raising a monster in your home. And you're not paying attention to that person. We want someone else to fix the problem. You know what? Why don't you Why don't you take guns away? That way, my child can't get access to firearms instead of me fixing the problem and make sure he can't get access to firearms. I mean, and, but Mike, my, my my only my only pushback to that is, um, and, and 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 you know, I, I don't even agree with the term monster, but I, but I know what you're talking oh, about. Like, oh. I think, <laughs> no, no, no. But you know, I, I think um, it takes a monster I, to walk into walk into a school and kill innocent people. You're a monster. Oh, you know, to each his own. Like I said, I'm I'm for discourse, but I think I think we have we have to realize this too, Mike. Like here in America, because we have we have we have eight to nine hour school days, right? Like you have to understand that the majority of your time, your child is not even with you as a parent. So, like, th- that goes back to, again, my personal belief that it's a societal thing. You know, I grew up in a, I, I grew up, you know, my mom passed away when I was, when I was five, um, and I didn't see my dad till the first time I was 17. Like, you know, it was my grandma, my church family, and other people in my family that helped me become the man I am, along with personal experiences, right? So I think, like, just to say it's the parents' fault, like, yes, it's a huge responsibility on parents, but it's also, like, how do we create a society to where we can all be a part of uplifting and loving and, you know, being there for one another, right? Because if the parents didn't see that something was going on with the student or with students that do this wherever or the adults that, could, that, that commit, you know, mass shooting and mass violence, you cannot tell me that somebody, somebody... Okay, hold that thought because we're going to come back after the break because you, I mean, come on. We got to look toward the parents. You're raising this child. You brought this child into this world. So we come back from the break, we're going to talk about that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about millennials. And Felicia says, you know what? Millennials shouldn't be in this conversation at all. And, well, they're the shooters. So, yeah, they got to be in the conversation. Did you hear anything that Janai and I were just talking about? I don't even care. I don't even care. The millennials are not the shooters. The parents in question are the baby boomers. Okay. And these kids. His his parents wouldn't be baby boomers. Or Gen Generation X. Generation X. So Generation X. Probably. the missing generation that that's my generation about. And so the, we got to bring the, the parents into in the conversation. Question, Do you agree? The children and oh, one hundred percent. I go off on parents all the time. 
we can change the subject to that. So I, I mean, have a lot I, of pent up rage. We need, today, I think we apparently. need a license to, to have a kid. You need, you need not not necessarily. I'm just joking, by the way. Not necessarily a license, but we need to have some type of parenting. Michael classes. Cargill's calling for government regulation. No, I'm not. Write no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay, but we, there needs to be a class. You need to take some type of parenting class. If you don't know, I mean, if you don't notice the fact that your child's building a bomb in the garage. I find a problem with that. I you mean, to be I'm fair. I'm floored by this. <laughs> to be fair, now that I understand what Janai was saying, that technology is the problem, I oh, miss Now that you her. listened, go ahead. Michael Cargill, do you want to meet in the parking lot? Because I'm in a mood Whoa! today. She <laughs> will take you out. Uh, it's because it's hot and humid and I don't like it. Um, technology is For the sure. issue. Technology. And I agree with that 100%. Technology which was not created by the millennials. It was just introduced no, it, to us. No, but it's allowed us to be more and but, more disconnected. And I, I agree to that 100%. I have a ton of friends, like I've said before on this show, who are teachers, and the horror stories they tell me about their kids not doing their homework because mommy and daddy say, no, it's Facebook time right now, that is a problem. Wait, what? Their parents say it's Yeah, Facebook? so I've had some friends say, I have a kid who's failing my class because she can't do her homework and her parents won't help her because and so they get sent to the principal's office and it's because they're failing they're not doing their homework and their excuse is i don't know how to do my homework and my mom and dad won't help me because it's quote unquote their facebook time and i get it's the trouble. parents facebook time mm -hmm. oh my god yeah parenting 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 is definitely a problem all right so let, let me let's let's go back to um um chaz moore uh, the executive director for austin justin Co coalition chaz yeah I it's a lot. I'm really enjoying um, listening to this conversation because it's just, it's, it's just interesting to me. Um, you know, and I, I, agree, I agree with, I'm, I'm really missing the names, but I agree with um, um, the technology piece, but, but not even more so the technology itself, like just how we have gotten so engrossed in it and, 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 and how it like, um, adds to the detachment um, of not just millennials, in my opinion, but all of us. Um, like, I think we're so caught up in, like, you know, taking pictures of our food and selfies in the, in the bathrooms and stuff like this. Like, we're not really connecting with one another. So we can't even, nine times out of ten, see, this, see the signs with, um, you know, some kind of, like, some kind of mental um, um, breakdown, a mental illness, or some kind of depression or something like that, because, like, we just... You know, it's kind of like Black Mirror. Like, all the things in Black Mirror scare me because, like, they seem so, like, real. <laughs> like, I, I think we'll be there in a couple of years. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm really just in, enjoying the conversation, even though, you know, I think Michael is um, is trolling is, is trolling my homegirl. But, what? Um, he always you know, trolls me. It's the only reason we're friends. I get stressed out and he gets According a good laugh. According to Austin City Council, I'm the king of trolls. <clears throat> I accept that title. And we're not just talking about his looks here, guys. <laughs> uh, but, but, Michael, I would really, you know, as a person that, you know, you are the second amendment guy. You and my friend, um, Coleon uh, Noir from, from Dallas. And, and, you know, I really like it just like challenge my perspective on guns. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't understand like how you could not, somewhat empathize or or kind of get what they did in australia w w when they had like a mass shooting like what 25 30 years ago something like that no um, I, I absolutely i cannot because number one is uh their violent crime still stayed the same they still had violent crime there uh you're 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 not going to eliminate guns from the united states of america this country was founded on guns the purpose of this country was so that 
our forefathers said, you know what? We're not going to allow, you know, our mother country, father country, whatever, to take our guns away from us. And so that and, was the purpose. Michael, so that's why it's called this. That's why they it's, also use those same guns to kill the indigenous people of this continent. Yeah. Didn't Australia just have a mass shooting? Yes, they did. So didn't limit But them. they banned all guns. I don't think they I, I may be wrong. I don't think they banned all guns. They did. I, they, I, did. I, they did. They did. So 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 we're going to use the one mass shooting and in Michael's uh, um, statement about their about their violent crimes. And we're not going to look at the fact that we've I mean, had 22 you, 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 mass shootings this year alone. And it's not even halfway of, of the year. Look at England. Then, England, I, it doesn't, it doesn't, you're not addressing the problem. You're addressing the tool and not the problem. The tool right, is still there. The problem. What I mean, drives Michael, a person Michael, to do this? But Michael, Michael, this is also the problem. Like, I think we have to admit, even though you're a Second Amendment guy, everybody does not need a gun. Everybody's not mentally capable, like whatever capable of owning and having a gun just like the parents that if you if you have a gun in your house that is not properly locked up and stowed away you do not need a gun and parents are the problem and there's laws against there, that already have, that aren't enforced and we have a law in texas against that it's called penal code section 46.13 but then we also have people like you my brother that you know you also just say give everybody guns no, just no, no, I, no, actually, I don't, because they're, like you just said, there's some people that don't deserve to have a firearm, shouldn't have a firearm. You know, so we, we address those issues. So, so, Michael, so how can people like me on this side and people like you on that side find common ground in the middle and go to our capital in January and say, you know what, Th this is what we collectively think. Here's how we do it. Tell me what drove this kid to do this. Oh, man, I would just say we don't say know. Society. You know why we don't know? Because no one's no one's talking about it. No one knows the answer to that. What drove this kid in to go to Santa Fe High School and want to plant bombs with use a pressure cooker, use a pipe bomb to blow up the school? What drove him to do this? I can't answer that. Exactly. That is the problem that we're not addressing what the problem is. We're addressing the tool. Stop addressing the tool and let's address the problem. And that's how we can make it stop. Let's go to Howard Ray. Howard, can you hear us now? Yes, sir. What are your thoughts? Well, there, there, there's been a plethora of what's been discussed and you're, you're right on top of it. Uh, first of all, we have to address why these crimes are committed. It doesn't matter how. In fact, everybody in America has the same ability to commit a crime against somebody, regardless of the tool, at any time. There's two things we lack. As the people that do commit these crimes have, have formed criminal intent in their mind, have masters in criminal justice, just so you know, this is where I'm coming from, and they act on it. And sometimes, some people think about it and they don't act on it. That's not a crime. Thinking about something is not a crime. Well, we have to come to, to, the, to the realization that <clears throat> if we don't organize our society to understand truth and justice, honestly, uh, these crimes w will continue to happen. I mean, it's just the way it's just the way it is. And let, let me ask but, you, let me let me ask you this, um, Chaz. Yeah. So what happens if we go to the Capitol in January 2019? And we say by some slim chance we're going to ban guns in the state of Texas. Number one, how many people are going to give up their guns? Number two, how are you going to make sure that the bad guy's not going to, going to, you know, 
they're not going to have guns. Number three, how are you going to make sure no one's going to manufacture the guns in the living room of their house? Let me go to line one. Line one, uh, you're on with Come and Talk It. What you got for me, line one? Go ahead, line one. What you got for me? Hey, Mike. I'm I'm just listening to you guys. I'm a veteran, and I've lived around guns most of my life. And I got guns all around my house. My kids know how to use them. And I live right down the street from a elementary school where my kid, my 12-year-old went to, and now my 5-year-old's about to go to. And I went and asked them one time, I said, hey, if something happens, like if I hear something going on, like, would you guys want me to run down here with my guns? And they said, no. And it kind of blew my mind because, you know, I'm there to help. But at the same time, you know, I think about what Thomas Jefferson said 300 years ago almost. I prefer dangerous freedom to peaceful slavery. And a lot of the people that you have on the show tonight would prefer peaceful slavery. You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I agree with you. You know, it's, it's, I agree with you to a certain point. You know, we're trying to free the chains from their, their ankles. We're trying to free those shackles. We're trying to remove the handcuffs from their arms, and they're just not seeing that. Uh, but now what I would not do is run down the street to that school. I wouldn't do that. And here's why I wouldn't do that. Number one, law enforcement is going to respond. They're responding pretty quick. They're probably going to be there within three minutes, four minutes, and they're going to respond. If they see you on the scene with a gun, they're not going to know that you're not the shooter because their main purpose is to not worry about who's shot, who's injured. Their main purpose and goal is to stop that shooter. I agree. I agree. All right. But, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you for the call. I sure appreciate oh, oh, that. What, what, one sec. Go ahead. Um. If you look at why our founding fathers made the Second Amendment, it's exactly evident in what England just did, where they tried to ban knives. In in England and those different areas, you couldn't own a sword, so you couldn't defend yourself. They're trying to take away your ability to defend yourself. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss in a lot of this argument was that you have to be subject to a cop coming to defend you. You have to be subject to something else to, to take your ability to defend yourself. And I just think that's that's missed. All right. And, man, thank you for your call. I sure appreciate you. Let me go back to Chaz. You know, Chaz, with Austin Justice Court. Uh, Austin Justice Coalition, you guys are, you know, focusing on, you know, doing something with law enforcement, doing uh, focusing on the contract or lack of contract or something like that. So here's where I'm stuck. I'm stuck. You know, the, there's an organization that says we don't need law enforcement or we don't need law enforcement as much. But then you're also saying, let's remove the guns from the citizen. So if you don't need the police, you want to remove the guns from the citizen. What are we to, what are we to do? I'm stuck here, and there's a problem with that. If I don't need law enforcement, because that's, you know, that's what Austin Justice Coalition says, you know, let's police our own community. We don't need the police. Then, and you're, and then on over here, you're saying, hey, let's remove the guns from the civilians, the citizens. Then how am I supposed to protect myself in my home with me and mine? So, so I know what I'm about to say is going to blow your mind, but I also accredited this to like, 
just really having an organization that's, that's predominantly ran by like black women, like we have a transform a transformational mindset, right? Like we have a transformational thought process. Like that's the end goal. We want to live in a world where people don't need to resort to violence to consider it like protection. Like that's the end goal. Like that's the big lofty dream. So when I say we don't need police, like you know, a lot of people just take that sound bit right there, but they don't. They never listen to like the part after the comma. We don't need police because we have gotten to a place in society to where you know everybody's like taken care of like mentally, like with resources, emotionally, physically, and like you know if studies show like if if everybody's are if, if communities are, are wealthier and and more successful like crime tends to like either be non-existent or it just goes down right so and and name that name what country that is yeah we're talking about utopia here and <laughs> I, I and like, unfortunately no, no, no. unfortunately no, no, i don't country. unfortunately no, I, don't, I don't smoke not, not weed country, and i don't like, do like, like, i don't do drugs but you know give me no, give, no, give me a country. country like like bro like like rich communities rich like neighborhoods like that they exist you can you can believe that or not like they exist like there's no like large scale format for that because like the only community we, that I know of that is in that in, that's here in the United States that doesn't doesn't have any crime whatsoever. Uh, oh, the crime is really low. Is in Georgia, Kennesaw. It's in Georgia. It's in Georgia. I don't think we have that here because in America, like we can't. We we stop like imagining. We stop getting creative. We stop trying to be better as like we do. We we actually we do. As a country, we do. It's a it's a it's in Georgia. Little town called Kennesaw, Georgia, and it's a very safe town. And the the city ordinance is everyone's got to have a gun inside the home. Are people getting shot and killed? Not at all. Their Zero. violent crime Zilch. rate is seventy percent below the national average. Seventy percent. Then I'm fine with that. Like, why can't we have more of that? Let's do it. Then that means more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. Well, well, people like you and, you know, I can't have a gun because I'm a convicted felon at the age of 17 for making dumb mistakes. And, and nobody in the gun community advocates for felons to, like, re, re-get their rights to own guns. Actually, uh, I, actually, I talk about that all the time because even though, let's say you did something, you did something 20 years ago, you paid restitution to the state. There's no reason why you should not get your rights back. Then what's the purpose I've, of I've, reintegrating I've, reintegrating I've, people into I've society? See, I, I've yet to see any Second Amendment flag. I say it all the time. Or any gun no, no, no. I hear you. I hear you say you talk about it. Nobody goes to the Capitol and advocate for that community. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Yes, yeah. I do. I would love Have yes, you we been do. there? Yes, we do. I, I don't know who you're talking to, lady. I've been at the Capitol a lot. Like, I, please do fact check. Hi, this is the lady. Like I've that. been at the Capitol. I've watched people testifying for that because that's something I mean, that I believe everyone but, but, but in this room to, stands for. Listen to what I just said. Listen to what I just said. I've never seen that, and I've been there a lot. You're I've not there enough, the Capitol, then. All the time. Am, am I right or wrong, Michael? You're wrong. You, you are. You are. You're there. Okay. <laughs> but Again, but we do we... we do talk about this. This is something that is discussed. You know because you know like for instance domestic violence. Let's take that for an example. Do you know that when you're in if a person was in college, you know we got a young man just graduated this week. You're in college and let's say you got into a fight with your roommate. Do you know that's mm-hmm. domestic violence? You get convicted of that. You lose your gun rights forever. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we are against universal background checks. Exactly. All those people that are calling for universal background checks, what that means is 
That means that if we pass universal background checks in this country, which is what Chief Art Acevedo wants to do, that means that a person would not even be able to buy a gun for as a personal sale between one person or another and use it only at home for personal protection after five years like you can do in the state of Texas. I'm agree with you. Like I think, I mean, I think background checks are just discrim- um, discriminatory practices for uh, a whole nother different topic of conversation for the show. But you know, like I, I, I think what also is not happening on this phone call is that we see that we agree more than we disagree. But like we get so caught up in the disagreements and just the discourse that we can't come up with solutions. And like that is why, like I don't think anything is being done in this country to actually solve not only this particular problem, but problems in, in general okay so what what can we do to agree then so how what what areas I can that we question agree on? 10 minutes ago like like mike i think it's going to take people like from my organization from my perspective and your perspective your organization correct and other and, and other vast vast organizations and perspectives and come together and really have that uncomfortable conversation like we're kind of doing right now right where you got people asking me crazy questions about have i been to the capitol right people that don't know me right like you have to build these relationships get through all that stupid stuff so we can have the difficult conversation and actually come up with uh, a, pre- a not presentable but a plan from the people to give to the people that we <laughs> voted to put in 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 that capital in january and through may like but no, nobody wants to do that we just want to have these big kind of you know dramatic phone conversations and radio talk things i'm not saying you mike but like like most times and like that's this it you know like you, you know what really sickens me before i get up the phone i'm gonna go eat crawfish because i was trying to do this 30 minutes ago <laughs> like like i think um I, I like the thing that sickens me the most about these shootings and mass shootings and school shootings is the way we again we fetishize these things and we like we make the hashtags and like you got all of these people that like not even in office right now like using this tragedy as 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 as, as um as, as a ballot tool like vote for me in november type stuff right mm. like Oh, yeah. That's sickening oh, yeah. to me, right? Like, yeah. you got politicians really using this stuff to get more donation money, uh, it, like, it, to, 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 to get reelected. It drives like, me crazy in me. Austin. It, it drives me crazy in Austin because I see my politicians in Austin using that exact same thing. And here's what we do in Austin. In Austin, Texas, you know, we complain about police accountability. We complain about, um, you know, when someone gets shot, you know, by law enforcement. And then what we see is... We, we see us putting the same person from the same party in office as your DA, as your mayor, as your city council, and nothing is changing. I, I could not agree more with that. And, 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 uh, and, and for the people that don't know me, like, and Mike, you have to give me this credit. The only reason I'm a valid voice when it comes to police and criminal justice reform here on a local level is because just as much as I criticize, uh, criticize our police department, I am the first guy to go work with them on, like, policy, procedure, and protocol. Like, I actually go to, like, the use of force trainers. Like, you know, I'm at their contract meetings, like, you know, to say, you know what, I don't care. You know, if you want this money, just be the best department that we're going to have in the state. And, like, that's all I do. Like, because I don't want to be those people that you're talking about, right? Like, yeah, we can throw a march and a rally and, you know, hashtag justice for whoever. But if we're not actually getting involved and, again, having those hard conversations and, and really looking at each other in the eye and trying to, at least understand or get the other person's perspective, then we're just wasting our time. And, like, I really feel like that's where we have gotten as a society. Like, we'd rather call out and only call out than just call in. Like, like it's so hypocritical for a lot of people. You know, I am a millennial at 30, right? Like, one thing I cannot stand about my generation is that we only call out. We only call out we're so anti. 
Like, we're anti this, we're anti that. But the, the moment you ask us what we're for, we can't answer that question. Uh, uh, most of us can't. And that's in my opinion, because I have to talk like that in 2018. So, like, the fact that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm doing a phone interview. Um, but, but like, like um, I'm in the car in my Uber. He's looking like this guy crazy. But, um, you know, like, I think people have to stop being so anti and start speaking what you're actually for and working what you're for. And finding people on various sides of the aisle or other perspectives are wherever they are in life and getting that change done because we've gotten, I think um, you said it, it, it might have been Mike earlier talking about complacency. We as American people have gotten so complacent in, 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 in just in, in government. Like when, when, when you read about American history, right, when you read about U.S. history, like people for the most part were actively involved in that process. And, and somewhere at some point in time, we just got so complacent and just let, you know, we vote these people in, we let them do whatever. And now the country is like, you know, just running itself into a hole. Like, so until people really want to start getting involved civically and locally and on uh, like policy and legislative, then like, you know, I always tell people, don't call me, don't send me an email. Because I'm all about that work and I'm all about that action. And I think we have to be if we're going to transform our society. And I think we can all agree on that. At least I hope we can. Did you vote in the last election? I vote every election. And did you vote in a party primary? I, I, yes, I did. Why, what, who is Linda, listen. Like, I, I'm <laughs> building up to a point. Did you go to your Senate District Convention and yes, your precinct convention? Are yes, you going to your... You, you speak when I speak, and then I can't hear what you're saying. Um, did you yes. go to your... Put whatever political party you affiliate with, are you going to their convention? Because that's yes. how you reach people. You get involved in the I know, political and we did process. That. We, we did that. We did that. You already went to your state convention? This year? Yes. He, he, we did and that. honestly, he does do that. What I think what my problem is, is that you don't tell people what you're telling me right now. You know, because you know you're not really anti-gun. And you know that guns are really not the issue. You know that oh, Mike, the issue. I said, I said, I said, it doesn't make the media right. And so, so yeah, you know how that works. You know, know how that works. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I, so, and so, I, I and, and honestly, I think our law enforcement here in Austin, I love the our APD is doing a good job under the current leadership. Um, it you know it's baby steps and they're changing and they're growing and they're, oh, they're honestly they're doing a wonderful job and I'm really impressed absolutely. with the current leadership. I'm really impressed at how they handled the Austin bombing and how all that stuff played out. And so. Um, I I do think that we beat them up too much and we need to praise them a little more because you can only take so much when you're stepped on, stepped on all the time and they're human and, and, and people make mistakes. So the Austin Police Department is doing a wonderful job. You know, they're 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 doing they're experiencing the ugliness of this town, you know, at night or whatever, because we only mm -hmm. call them when we need them when the situation is ugly. And so I, 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 I will say this and I've been saying it. And I want to say it again on the record, you know, because I, I really look at the relationship that me and uh, the police union president came, started out with and where we are, you know, like the fact that like, you know, we can have like these conversations and like, so, so he can really understand where we're coming from and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I think that speaks volumes. And, you know, um, Sookie McMahon, our board chair, uh, we just got back from um, DC, I think two weeks ago at this uh, center for police and equity. And, you know, a lot of people were just so, we didn't do a panel or anything, but a lot of people were interested in the work that we're doing with our police department um, because Austin is like, you know, really doing some like crazy things. Like you don't hear about police departments taking um, written policies from, you know, activists and, and advocacy groups. Like that doesn't happen. Like that doesn't happen. So, you know, I, I always say that Austin police department is moving in the right direction, but I'm a Capricorn and I always want perfection. So, 
you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ask that from them. And I, I want them to ask that for me. And I, I think that's fair. I think that's the kind of relationship that we have to have, because, you know, I'm not one of these people that, you know, I'm not going to just go sit up here and chew city council out and not do no work myself. Right. Like it's it's a I think we put too much power into people that are like in, in elected positions, people that are, you know, heads of work like like um, 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 city entities and stuff like that, when we're all just people and we all have work to do to say, to build the rural that we want, whether we have guns or not in that rural, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know what? And we get people, you know, that uh, I tell you what, let me go to line one. Line one, you don't want to come and talk. Go ahead, line one. Real quick. Yeah, like 30 seconds. Line one. Hey, can you uh, just put a whisper in that dude's ear, Chaz, or whatever his name is? He, he can hear you. Go ahead. He keeps using the word like over and over and over again. <laughs> I mean, talk about being a millennial. Like, stop it. <laughs> it's, it's driving me insane. And Okay. I, All right. Thank you, caller. You caught me <laughs> off guard there. All right. Thank you, line one. All right. So we, you know, and I, and, you know, I agree with you, Chaz. You know, we... With, with certain things and i think that the problem is now you have right now happening right now live you have people that are at the the, the governor's mansion right now protesting because of the santa fe shooting that's happening right now as we speak they're they're they want to cut out people's voices uh to the conversation when it comes to Chaz, and i'm going I'm to tell you this when it comes to us getting together and discussing some of these issues they don't invite me to the table. They don't invite other people to the table to discuss these issues to figure out how we should solve the problem. We need to get together and figure out how to solve the problem, not cut other voices out because you don't like what the other person is saying. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.